Hey, my name is Suhani, and this is my podcast, The Fem Stem Mythbusters. In today's episode, I'm going to be tackling this idea that females have no interest in STEM with guest speaker Afua Bruce. She's a public interest technologist who has dedicated her career to working at the intersection of technology, policy, and communities. She oversaw projects in tech and policy to improve outcomes in criminal justice reform, foster care, immigration, the opioid epidemic, and more. Hi, Ms. Afua. How are you? I am doing well. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, So I want to begin by asking you about your journey and how you figured out that you were interested in the STEM field and like how you've succeeded so far. Yeah, absolutely. So I am one of those girls who always enjoyed science and math. I can remember I loved playing with, um, you know, remote control cars and with electronic toys and always being on the computer and trying to design things on the computer. I remember running what I now call my first experiment with one of my sister's uh, toys. We um, had a family friend who went and visited a large amusement park and came back with flip up watches for myself and my sister. The, you know, the kind with plastic with a plastic cover that flipped up so you could see the time. And I noticed on the packaging, it said water resistant. And so I asked my mom, what does water resistant mean? And she said, well, it means that you can get it wet. So I took my sister's watch and I put it underneath the faucet and turned on the faucet and let it run. And that's when I discovered there's a difference between water resistant and waterproof. But it was one of the first experiments that I ran. And, um, you know, my parents also just also forced me to do science fair all through um, elementary school and into middle school. But it really did pay off because, again, I loved computers. And when I was going to apply to college, I had a lot of different options that I was considering. I also really liked writing. So I was also considering being an English major, but ultimately decided that computers were what made me most happy. And so I decided to major in computer engineering in college. I did that at Purdue University and then started my career off as a software engineer, writing lots of code uh, in my day job, which was great. And since then, I've gone on to do a lot of fun things. Sometimes doing things that require a lot of coding, sometimes that uh, taking jobs that just require me to have a general technical know-how and figure out how to apply it to different situations. And I've gotten to do that at places such as the White House and the, F- and the FBI, also at IBM and, and, and at nonprofits because some of our social justice causes and social issues, they really need technical support as well. One of the things I'm most proud of in my career is I was recently honored by being included in the If Then statue exhibit. And so myself and about 120 other women from across the U.S. were made into 3D life-size statues. And uh, the statue exhibit was in the Smithsonian for about a month and has been in a couple of other places around the country as well. Oh, my God. That is amazing. Um, we definitely have to get a picture of that. Um, if you have one, I'd love to see that. Oh, I have many pictures of me and my statue, so I am happy to share. 
And it sounds like you've had quite a career, you know, working at the FBI and the White House, and now you're focusing on like social issues and using your technical expertise to help um, tackle those. Yes, absolutely. I grew up the child of Ghanaian immigrants, and the importance of family and the importance of community is something that was really instilled into me from a young age. We just were always taught to look around and help other people, and um, just that close-knit community um, sense that you find in different parts, certainly within Ghanaian culture. And so as I started my career that was very focused on technology, there was always a part of me that felt, well, when will I be able to give back? How will I be able to give back? Do I code during the day and read at night, you know, read to children at night, which is something I did for a while. And then I realized that there were ways where I could actually integrate both of my interests. The technical interest was sort of that community building aspect to really then think about how do we protect communities? How do we empower communities through technology? And so uh, for the past more than a decade at this point, closer to a decade and a half, that's where my career has really lied, really looking at social organizations, public interest organizations, such as um, the FBI or the White House, and really looking at how we can take technology, use it well in those situations to really then, again, empower and protect communities. Mm-hmm. That, that's an amazing like goal. And I'm sure that many others um, find inspiration in that. And I want to begin by getting your opinion on the myth that we're going to be talking about today, which is, um, I think, really easy to bust, but it is. Do you think that females are just not interested in STEM careers? I think that females are absolutely interested in STEM careers, at least as interested in STEM careers as they are in other careers, and at least as interested in STEM careers as their male counterparts are. I think it's really interesting that society sometimes wants to tell us that women aren't interested or females aren't interested in STEM. And yet you look at a lot of the different disciplines and you have had, and you can point to throughout history, women and females being integral into the field's creation. You think of some of the nursing fields or medical fields, for example, including doctors and researchers. So there are women in those areas. You think even of technology, which today is extremely male dominated, but the early programming languages, several of them were created by women. And women used to really drive computing and coding when it was first seen as a more administrative task. And it wasn't until sort of the applications changed that it then began to shift to a more male dominated industry that we now see that we now see. But women were at the forefront, really, of coding. And so um, I think, yes, absolutely. We can declare that myth, hopefully busted. It is true. Uh, Females are interested in STEM. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And that's um, really interesting that you brought up that women have been constantly involved in like the technology area, because now you see it and they make up a very, very small percentage. I believe it's like in the early 20s or something. Um, So that that's unfortunate. But um, this is definitely a myth because I've found like several research like studies that have shown that girls have the same or even more interest in STEM um, fields such as computer science. And this is before they join like the labor market. So um, 
even though research has shown that girls tend to have these higher occupational aspirations than boys, the majority of today's STEM field is made up of males, as we said. So why do you think that is? Yeah, I think it, I think it's for a couple of reasons. So I think one, just from the educational aspect and some of the traditional ways that people think about career choices is we often ask and we've historically asked people to pick one career, right? You are an engineer or you're an artist. You can be a music musician or you can be a doctor. You can't be both. And I think you find from a lot of girls, especially, they have interest in many different areas. And so I think sometimes then when it comes time to choose what to do, you just have to pick one of your many interests. And so that day or that time period, it might be something else. Um, when the reality is you can combine your interests, right? I have been able to combine my interest in engineering with my interest, interest in making a difference in my community. I know people who have combined their interest and um, degrees really in aerospace engineering with their uh, sort of developed over time expertise in ballet. And so it is possible to really combine that. I have another uh, friend and colleague who has combined her interest with uh, her interest of artificial intelligence with art and builds interactive art displays to really help people understand what artificial intelligence is and what some of the ethical challenges of artificial intelligence is. So I think, first of all, let's talk to girls as we're raising girls to make sure that people know you don't have to pick one or the other. You can have multiple interests. And then I think some of the exciting excitement there is being able to create a new path for yourself and to really bring those disciplines together of your, your different um, interest areas and create something new that can then inspire more people to um, to study STEM fields and others. And then I think the other thing is that, you know, when you, when girls, especially when women enter these male dominated spaces, it can be shocking. Um, it can sometimes seem or in reality be unwelcoming and it can be isolating. And so I think sometimes also people, you know, gravitate towards environments that are welcoming. And so I think then it's important to have a conversation, one, about how we support women through mentorship and allyship in the office, but also through um, sponsorship and making sure that we can sponsor and promote women in the office to that next job to make sure that hiring practices are fair and equitable across gender and race lines and more. Yeah, I love those two points that you brought up. So for the first one, which is that you can easily blend your interests. I mean, I totally see what you're saying. I mean, this podcast itself for me was blending in my interests of, um, you know, STEM, like specifically computer science for me, and just like trying to, as you said, make a difference in the community. So this is like my attempt at blending some of my interests. And I, I totally agree. I feel like I've had too many interests in the past to um, like to easily choose just one to pursue. So recently, I've been looking at like different majors that I can consider. So I know that I want to go into like technology, so computer science, but I've been looking at different ways that I can apply that as well. So similar to your friend who's uh, combine like AI and art. I've been looking into how I can combine, you know, computer science and maybe like some sociology degree. So absolutely. And, you know, just on that point, the combination of computer science and sociology, 
there's a growing field of people who are doing that. It's really exciting to me. I think one of the projects that we had the privilege of working on is something called the Public Interest Technology University Network, which is all about how do we have these interdisciplinary approaches to solving society's biggest problems? And so how do we combine some of the social sciences, the sociology, the psychology, the anthropology with the computer science, with the mechanical engineering to then really think about how are we going to solve some of society's uh, big challenges. And what's exciting there is you've got universities who are developing programs at the undergraduate and graduate level to help train people in this, to help have classes where you have people from the sociology background and the computer science background in the same class, discussing issues, solving problems together, creating new solutions together. And so I think that is fabulous that that is what you're interested in and pursue it. There's, it's a growing field and will continue to grow with great people like yourself. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's really, really exciting to hear because I'm not going to lie when I first, so I've been in like the STEM path since I was young, but um, I was fortunate enough, fortunate enough to, uh, similar to how you were also on this path that since a young age, but it was still a little daunting to hear like, oh, computer science. Cause initially when I thought of it, I was like, okay, I'm going to be sitting in like a cubicle at a desk and just writing lines of code the entire day. But um, it, as I've explored it more and as the, the field itself is developing, I've realized that that's not true, that there are ways that you can use it to apply to interests that you have or um, things that you want to maybe solve. So that's that's really cool to me. And that brings me to another question of mine. How could we use these like initial aspirations that we mentioned before that girls tend to have um, to encourage them to pursue more STEM careers? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great question. So for me, as I do outreach, especially uh, to the K through 12 age, so folks like yourself, um, mm -hmm. some of friends, um, what I look to focus on is really I don't start with STEM and say, you know, let's talk about computer science or let's let me break down for you to start with this Python code or think about algorithms or operating efficiency. What I start with is just tell me what you care about. Tell me what you're passionate about. Tell me some of the issues you care about. And then what you hear in conversations, you hear things like, I'm interested in feeding, um, thinking about how to feed more hungry people, or I'm interested in thinking about how to build more connections between um, you know, people in classrooms or people who can't get to classrooms or just people in community between, you know, myself and a family member who's living across the state or across the country or across the world. And so then once you focus on those issues, then we can talk about what STEM discipline is going to be really helpful. And so if someone says they're really interested in um, fashion design, okay, great, let's talk about it. And that might lead us to a conversation about uh, materials engineering, and it might lead to a conversation about the construction of fabrics and some of the farming. Or someone says, I'm really interested in uh, food and food supply, um, which I love to eat. So this is always an interest of mine. Um, then we can talk about how, you know, a project that I worked on um, at a previous organization that I worked with about how you can use data science to help 
data science and artificial intelligence to help um, food pantries help monitor their food that they have coming in and predict when demand is going to be highest and when food supplies are going to run out. And so then think about what their supply chain needs to look like and how to get more food when, or how to manage the lines of people waiting in. Or we can think about, you know, things around um, air quality or pollution. And then we can talk about what engineering might be done um, to support monitoring the air quality or doing some of the data analysis, data collection and analysis there, and then even tying into some, what are some policy arguments that we can make? And so I really like to start with, um, you know, especially with girls, but with boys too, what are the problems that matter most to you? Let's figure those out and then let's back into what technology or what science or what engineering and what math can be used because it's really about the problems. The, the the STEM aspects come secondary. It's about the problems that we're solving. That's that's a really, really cool approach because um, it, it's not really that common. I mean, as someone who was also encouraged at a young age to pursue, um, usually it was like, oh, here, learn how to block code initially, right? Like, like code.org where they have a bunch of those block coding programs. And mm-hmm. and it's interesting. It did gauge some interest, but I feel like the approach that you take is definitely much more engaging and better for the long term. Because, I mean, those, those challenges are interesting and fun to do initially, but not everyone takes them. Um, the people who don't enjoy them might not want to pursue STEM as like, a career option. So that's definitely um, an interesting approach. I will just say um, on, you know, just responding to that. Yeah, I think, I think it is an interesting approach. It's one that I found to be really useful now. It doesn't negate though, that your, your fundamentals have to be strong, right? Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if I'm, you know, if I'm so passionate about helping that food pantry or helping with uh, food supplies or helping improve air quality, I'm going to want to rely on people who know what they're doing, who can then, uh, I can trust that the algorithm that was written and the code was written was correct, <laughs> that it was accurate, that it was precise, and that the analysis that was done of the air quality was done correctly. So you do have to understand those fundamentals, but I do think it's important for students of all ages to recognize that there are different ways to apply it. And so to be really expansive in their thinking about, you know, I might want to, um, you know, help end homelessness. Clearly I have a very social bent, especially uh, today in light of some of the events this week, but uh, my priority might be to end homelessness. And there are many ways I could think about doing that. I could think about doing it as a social worker and going through that path. I could think about doing it as Um, a data scientist to look at the different data and see the analysis that can be done. I could think about doing it as some type of policymaker who's going to help work on rules and laws and policies that can affect where people can live, where people can't live, uh, who has access to housing and at what price points. And so I think, you know, I'd really encourage people to really think about just what matters most to you. And then think about the diff- all of the different ways that you could solve that problem. And then talk to people in those fields or try them out and see what excites you most. And you might find that that STEM angle is what excites you most. And you know, I'd encourage people to just do it. STEM classes can be hard. I aced many of my math classes. 
I did not ace many other math classes, some chemistry classes and the like, um, yeah. but figuring out where your interests are, <laughs> what you're good at, how that overlaps is important and is a process that we all go through. That That's honestly nice to hear because um, it's nice to know that you don't have to be perfect at every single, you know, maybe STEM field or just every single class or aspect um, to still pursue a career in STEM and, you know, do what you want to do and help solve the problems that you want to solve. Yeah, that is that is absolutely true. I've been, you know, worked at the White House and run the White House's National Council on Science and Technology. I still have negative flashbacks to my high school trigonometry classes. It's yeah, fun. you'll you'll figure out your right area. That yeah, like I said, nice to hear. And <laughs> so, I want to now come back to the original myth, and let's just like go over it and see how we've busted it. I think we've busted it from several different angles, but I'll just remind you guys what the myth was, which was that females aren't interested in STEM careers and um, maybe have your final words on that. Yeah. So again, I would say that females absolutely are interested in STEM careers. STEM is such a broad topic. There's so many different types of science. There's so many different types of technology. There's so many different types of engineering. There's so many different types of math. Females have an interest in all of them. They may have other interests as well, but it's really that intersection that's really powerful. And so even if the environments you go into can be a little bit unwelcoming or a lot unwelcoming in some cases, even if you feel like you have to pick and choose, figure out ways to persevere in those work environments, figure out ways to set your own path, whether that's, you know, figuring out your own path within that environment. Maybe it's starting your own business, developing or inventing your own uh, creation or your own product. Um, and so figure out those ways and things that excite you and, and just go for it. Just go for it. Females have the interest in STEM and are more than capable. And we can see this over, over the centuries that women can succeed in STEM. Thank you for that. That was a lovely way to end this episode. Great. Thank you so much. And thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes.